Welcome to the Global River Church Discipleship Teaching of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Hello, everybody. So glad to see people. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Can I actually move around tonight? Is that okay with the camera guys? Man, y'all have been keeping me in a box up here, and y'all just don't understand. I get a little loud because I just want to run around. See, when, when I'm around, they say, we got a runner. We got a runner in the spirit. I just like to run because God is amazing. And I just cannot channel all of his power. It's just so amazing. He is teaching me how to harness the power and the excitement and because some people, they just don't know how to handle the excitement. They're like, I don't know how to take this guy. This guy is crazy. I am. I'm crazy for him. I am crazy for Jesus. Um, man, just all week I've been reminded of how much I need him. All week long, I've been hit with work and with this and with that. We could sit here and talk about it all day. But at the end of the day, it makes me realize how much I need him how much I have to have him, his joy. Lord, give us more of your joy, God. This is such a depressing time in the earth right now, God. We call on his joy tonight. Does anybody want joy tonight? You want to leave here excited tonight? See, some people may have come here with their heads down, but when we leave, we're all going to have our heads high, pointing to the Most High, the King of Kings. Glory of glory, Lord of Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So tonight is an amazing night. We have a lot of amazing things that the Lord's going to do tonight. Um, I'm just a vessel up here to give God's word. Nothing about me. Uh, there's four, maybe four of us tonight that we're going to share and talk with. And we're going to ask the crowd if they have any questions about what we've been teaching. Uh, teaching's been such a blessing for us, first and foremost, for y'all online and we're just thankful to even have the opportunity. Who am I to even teach people about the Word of God? Like, that just blows my mind. To know, if you would have knew me three years ago, you'd say, he is in no shape to teach the Word of God. That man right there needs the Word of God. And, well, it, your prayers were answered because I got it. <laughs> I got the Word of God. It came in. And this thing is not complicating, guys. I just want you all to know. Because for some reason, I have been getting questions, and I've had some feedback, and I have seen the author of confusion at work. And the enemy likes to confuse, confuse and to confine and get us so confused that we don't know what's right from wrong. Kind of like when you watch TV and the news. You don't know what to believe. You don't know what's right. You don't know what's wrong. You're, you're just stuck in the middle of a hurricane is what we call a storm. Um, so it's not, it's, not, it's not complicating, guys. It's Jesus. Jesus. One focus, one king, one father, one way. Jesus. It's, that's it. God simplified it for me back then because he knew I was, I, at the time, I had a lot of attention disorders, and I was all over here and over here, and I, oh, what did it say? But he said, son, slow down. Let me just tell you, Jesus. That's it. One thing. Keep that one thing. Don't think about your job. Don't think about your family. Don't think about how you're going to get by tomorrow. Think about Jesus. See, the Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and everything else shall be added to you. So 
That's a very important commandment, guys. That, that, that is so important because if we don't do that, then we start eating from that wrong tree and all of a sudden now we're taking God's job. Now all of a sudden, how are we going to provide? How are we going to help people? How are we? We can't do that, guys. I'm telling y'all. And, and our flesh is constantly trying to take us to that place. All week long, it's been trying to take me there. How, what are you going to do? How are you? It's not my job. My job is to surrender to the king, focus on him, and that's all I'm supposed to do. Everything else will be taken care of. I promise you, I have witnessed God's power in my life. This thing is real. I had a, a, a cousin yesterday, I was giving him to God. He said, well, well, how do you know his power? I said, you can't undo the things that you've seen. You just can't. Like your mission trips and this power of God, the stuff you've seen, you cannot talk me out of this, guys. I don't care how much human philosophy you have, how much wisdom you have, however cunning the, de the devil comes at me, doesn't matter. Because I have seen the power of God in my life. I have seen the power to restore things, to bring back tenfold what the enemy stole from me when I was lost. I have seen it. I have witnessed it. There's no talking me out of this. Some people say, well, you're stubborn. You're right, I am, and it's for Jesus. There is no other way. Um, I, I, before we get started and I call people up here to talk, I had a question from a, a great friend of mine that was here tonight, and he was talking about the different levels of church perfection. Um, he was asking me, he was asking me, are there different levels of spiritual maturity in the church, which is a great question. I mean, it's really good because there's a lot of us just seem to be on different plateaus, different stratospheres. And my initial response to him was, well, mm, I don't think so. I think it depends on you, where you want to go. Because my mother always tells me, you're just different, son. I say, yeah, but you helped make me. <laughs> so uh, you have to have some of that in you. You see, a lot of us, we say, well, he's a great speaker. That's just not me. Or, or, or he was meant for that. She was meant for that. Stop. Quit confusing. Quit making it confusing because we're going to go to Scripture right now, and we're going to go to 2 Peter um, verse 1, which was a great question because there are different levels of people. There are people at different levels of walk. But the way I would answer that question is that is the person's level of surrender, the walk that they're on. That's your level of surrender. That's you playing a poker game with God. That's you saying, here you go, here's half the chips, I'm keeping this half, and let's see how it works out. See, let me, let me explain something to you, if you can get this on the camera. I don't know if I can do a split. But if you got half your foot in with God, and you got the other half with the world, what's that going to do? It's going to rip you apart. You're going to get pulled both ways. Does anybody feel like they're pulled back and forth, back and forth? I remember feeling the enemy fighting for me and God fighting for me whenever I was lost. I felt that. And you know, I said, you know what, I don't want neither one of y'all. None of it. I don't want none of that. I, I, I felt them. They were fighting for my soul and my spirit. I felt the pull. Well, it's real, guys. It's real. And, and, and I believe that that's your levels, okay? Because that is the level you're willing to give God. See, God's all in on you. He paid a price for you. He didn't say, I come to pay a price for some of y'all that's worth it, did he? He said, I come to pay a price for all of y'all, worth it or not. Matter of fact, none of you were worth it at all. So he came to pay the price for us. So it's us, it's uh, our free will that determines our spiritual maturity. It really is. Because a lot of people want to say, yeah, but he's been doing it for so long. Well, think about the parable with the sowers. 
whenever well, one was working since 9 o'clock, one came in at the last hour, and he got the same wage as the one at 9 o'clock. And some people are like, ho, 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 I've been doing this my whole life. Who's this cat? Who's he think he is? He, he just now all of a sudden surrenders to you, and he's equal with me? Yeah, he is. Because you know why? He surrendered equally with you. And it doesn't matter when it happens. All it matters is if it happens. That's what matters. Because I've learned in my walk with God for the last 10 years, that's why I was powerless, because I was trying to hold on to parts of me. See, see, that's the scariest thing for us is to let go of us. That really is the challenge. We're so focused on the devil, the enemy. We're so focused on all these other things that we miss that it's really us. We're the ones not afraid to trust God. We're afraid to trust him. See, if we don't trust him, he can't trust you. This is a two-way streak here. You don't trust him, he don't trust you. It's that simple. So I've learned when I was all in, I said, I'm going to trust you, God. No matter what happens from this point, rather, if my wife leaves me, no matter what happens, I'm all in with you. And I don't care. I'm not going to make excuses because I'm all in with you. And that's whenever the power comes. That's the power. See, I think some of us has witnessed spurts of this power, but we haven't witnessed it in full glory. See, this is, this is what we're talking about. Get the fire. Keep the fire. Any of y'all, got when you first got saved, woo, on fire for God, telling everybody. And then you've been beat up by life and beat down by life. Now you're just trying to drag into church to get there, wondering if you're going to make it to heaven one day. Well, I got news for you. Heaven ain't waiting on you to get there. It's waiting on you to let it come in now to you right now. See, the Lord's prayer is, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I don't think there's a lot of junk and sin going on in heaven. And his kingdom said it wants to come inside of us right here on earth. Jesus was the example of it. He was the living word, the walking word, the example. So I'm going to give you a scripture that God gave me for this question of different levels of spiritual maturity, which was a great question, not knocking the question by no means. We're going to go 2 Peter chapter 1. And we're going to start at the beginning, verse 1. And I just love how God ties everything together because this answers his question and talks about tonight, <laughs> what God's going to do tonight. So it says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Christ Jesus, it says, to who, to those who have obtained a fate of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus Christ, you have attained a fate of equal standing with Peter. He was like amazing walking the faith, man of the faith. So you have the same faith as Peter, same standing. He tells you right now, don't you think just because I walk with God that I'm better than you are. Don't you think just because I witnessed it that I know more than you do. You have attained the same faith, the same level right now. Y'all have the same level I have. You have the same level Pastor Tom has. You know how I know? Because y'all all got the same book that we teach out of. <laughs> so there you go, right? That's a catch 22. That would show you you have the same power and the same faith. But the question is, it's up to you. It's up to you. Do you want to be an excuse maker? Well, yeah, but. See, I, yeah, buts are from devils. 
You never read the scripture tell you you're holy and I've made you above reproach. Yeah, but you're going to probably mess up and blow it. That's devils talking. Yeah, but. See, I don't read yeah, buts in my scriptures. When God says something, he don't follow it with a but. Humans tend to do that. Yeah, I know I hear what you're saying, brother, but. You know, but we do that. So let's don't put our way of thinking in God's mind because that's not God. God never tells you yeah, but. So we're going to read verse 3, verse 2. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Verse 3. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. My goodness. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Yeah. Now, it sounds to me like that takes the levels of spiritual maturity out the equation, if you ask me. His power has granted to us all things, all things, not just some things. You know, he's got some things that I don't have. That's human thinking again. He says all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. God is excellent, y'all. If you haven't noticed, he's pretty excellent. He's pretty perfect. He's pretty amazing. And what he's saying is, if you're my child, follow me. Be like me. Look like me. Talk like me. Love like me. See, we can't love anybody until we deny ourselves. It's kind of hard to love somebody when you're too busy loving yourself. See, that's one of them catch-22s. He says to love yourself, but yet if you love yourself too much, you become your own God. And then it becomes all about you. All about you. You see, it's so funny how we could be doing great when things are great. When things are going great, we're going great. But as soon as something rains on our parade... How do we act? Do we act like my child and throw a fit and, rah, rah, that ain't right. Who are you to do that to me? See, that we can't live like that, guys. We have, to, we have to understand we've been bought with a price by his divine power. So if we have his divine power, then we understand it's not about us. It's all about him. He is the one who owns me. He owns you if you've let him and accepted. But how much does he own? Does he have full rights to the house? Or have y'all given him 80% of the rights? Because, see, I'm telling you, my God's an all-or-nothing God. He's number one. He doesn't settle for seconds. He doesn't settle. You will never change God's mind and make him think you're more important than he is. It's not going to happen. Will not happen. There is no deal. That's why I tried that with him, the barter system. Yeah, God, but no deal. No deal. It's all or nothing. Either you realize who I am or you do not get all my power. That's simple. So if we're struggling here, whose fault is it? Is it the devil's fault or is it your fault? Me, 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 me. Because I fought that all week this week, guys. The devil, I ain't even going to give the devil credit, just life. See, we all, we, God told me, he said, son, y'all give the devil way too much credit. He said, really, y'all do. Because life is life. Things happen in life. Who has a life that nothing goes right in? <laughs> Who does? Who has a life that the craziest stuff will happen and it's like, why me? Why would this happen to me? Do you know how many people have that life? 
all of us. <laughs> but yet we think it's just us. It's just our life. Oh, I had that whole week. Everything just happened to me. I'm like, well, good thing it's not about me. Good thing it's all about you. And I'm not going to sit here and dwell in my misery. I, I was tempted to call my brother and complain. But you know what I said? Practice what you preach, man. Be the example. Be the light. So I really don't call anybody and complain because it's not their place to hear my problems. Because we all got them. My place is to say it's not about me. It's all about you have your way. And my God has never been discouraged. I've never asked God, how are you doing? And he'd be, I'm discouraged. You see these people riding in the streets? They about to drive me crazy. And then they spit and burn my church down. I'm upset. Never. God is in glory. He's on the throne. He's in control. He's amazing. He's sitting there reigning and saying, why, my children? Just come to me. Come to me. Quit trying to be me. Quit trying to be me. I want you to be me, but quit trying to be me. It's one of them catch-22s. I want you to be like me and have power, but you're not me. And if you want to be me, you got a lot of stuff you're going to have to deal with, a lot of problems you're going to have to fix. I don't want that job. That's like taking the job of the presidency. My goodness, who would be that crazy to even want to handle all them problems? Not me. So this series has been trying to teach us that it's not about us, guys. It's all about him. And if you have the mindset, then you cannot be discouraged. If you're discouraged, who are your eyes on? They're on you. My feelings, my pain, what I went through. I love the picture you showed me of the man. He showed me a picture of a man complaining to Jesus. And Jesus was all beat up with bloody with, 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 with what humans done to him. And he's like, really? You really want me to hear about how you didn't get that car you wanted or how you lost that job? Really? You really you think it's all about you? We got to get out of that way of thinking, guys. That way of thinking will lead us to misery. That way of thinking will lead us miserable. We'll be miserable and we can't never get from glory to glory. See, we're not here to survive. We're here to thrive. We're here to walk in excellence and power right now on earth. How are you going to be the light of the world if you're chilling in the dark? Don't work that way. It's not happening. People say, well, brother, you just think you somebody. No, I think he is. And I think I'm his son. So I'm going to have the boldness to tell you who he is because he loves me that much that he's inside of me. And, he, and if God is for me, what can be against me? What level can be against me? If God is for me, what spiritual level can be against me? There is no levels with God. Oh, wait, there is one level, and you just heard it. Excellence. Excellence. Perfection. That is God. See, there ain't no half God. There ain't no, well, some days I'm just not feeling it, man. There's that, that's humans. That's not God. That's the way we think. So I'm going to finish verse 4. By which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. Did you just catch verse 4? He has granted to us his precious and great promises so that through them you may become divine partakers of his divine nature, the nature of the excellent one, the almighty, the great one. He wants us to represent and be like him. 
Thank you, Father. What an honor. What an honor. What an honor. What an honor to be like you. See, a lot of people get this perception that God's up on this throne, and he's like, don't you claim to be like me. No, that's the self-righteous. That's the ones claiming they do it. That's the ones saying, I, 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 I. I done this. I followed this. Me, 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 me. That's the same spirit that's at work in all the flesh. Me, me, me. But if you say him, 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 he is for you. He's not against you. Do you think that, do you, look at this, do you think a father, now y'all have had children, y'all have had children, say if your child woke up and he said, Daddy, you know what, I want to be like you today, Daddy. I'm not going to do the things you don't like. I'm not going to sin against you. I'm going to walk in righteousness because you know why, Daddy? I love you. That's why. Do you think God would say, hold on now, boy, who do you think you are? Ain't nobody like me, boy. You're always going to sin and struggle. That's the picture we paint of God. We paint the picture like, oh, God, don't claim to be like him. When he's saying you are a divine partaker in the divine nature of the Father. He wants you to claim to be like him. But here's the catch 22. Not with your mouth, with your actions. Your mouth means nothing. It's your actions that mean everything. It's your actions. So don't think that God is like, who does God think he is? What did they do to God himself? Who do you think you are? I'm the son of God, and I come to save man. He walked in the authority. See, I think we have an authority problem. A lot of us don't get, grab our authority. See, we always want to call it humble, and we want to settle for a different level. We want to settle for a different level. Whenever he's claiming you're all on the same level, everybody's on the same level. I've had so many people tell me, yeah, but brother, I can't talk like you. I, I don't want to hear that. Get out of your own head. Literally. You know what I would tell them? Yeah, there is something that's different between you and me. And you know what the difference is? Your level of surrender. That's the difference. Because I'm all in. I'm all in. I don't care what happens in my life. I don't care what I lose. I don't care what happens. I don't care what I got to go through. I'm all in. That's the difference between us. So, so if you want to compare anything, compare your surrender. Compare how much are you all in. Because a lot of us say we're all in and we say it with our mouth, but as soon as something happens that we don't like, we, we seem to turn on him very quickly. Why would you do this to me, God? Why would you let that happen to me, God? I thought I was your favorite. Peter could have said the same thing. I thought I was your favorite. Why are you going to let me get crucified? <laughs> Paul, I thought I was your favorite. It's not about us. It's not about what happens to us. Because how do you know that God don't want to display his glory right in that pit that he's got you in? How do you know that somebody's not in there struggling that needs to know the hope of glory that lives inside of you? That needs the power that's flowing through you? See, that's the way you got to look at life. When it's his life, you have no right to complain. So I'm going to finish this verse. It says, verse 5, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his sins. 
Woo, how many of y'all have forgot that you were clean from your sin? There's so many people that say, yeah, but, there's a but again. Yeah, I know, he pay, I know I've been wiped clean, but I got a lot of sin. What's wrong with our way of thinking, guys? This way of thinking has to go. And I'm going to tell you what it is. It's a grace car. Anybody ever had one of these? Credit card. Yeah, y'all have had one of these. All right, anybody ever been in debt on one of these? Had these things charged up? Well, what did Jesus do? I come to pay your debt. So you didn't deserve it. You were broke. You didn't have no money. You were broken. You were sinful. Guess what? Give me the car. I'm going to pay it. Clean. Now, here you go. Here's your card back, but it's been wiped clean. There's no debt on it. Now what you going to do? So you've accepted my mercy because I show you grace. No matter how much debt you charge, I'm going to show you my mercy and grace, and I'm going to pay it off. Now what you going to do? So many of us, we accept it. Thank you. My God, thank you, Father. Ooh, I like that. Let me go right back and charge it up. Go right back and sin again. Go right back and do the wrong thing. Go right back and charge it up again. That you get so much debt piled back up, like Peter's saying, have you forgotten that you've been cleansed from your sins? Have you forgotten that your debt was paid? But yet when you charge the debt up, guess who owns you? Sin does. And guess what sin says? See, I'm going to show you how it owns you. Because let's say if I'm that kind of Christian, and I've been, okay, I got grace, thank you, but I keep charging it back up. Because, see, this grace is not for you to use. Grace is for God to use. See, so many of us think it's for us. Well, I got, I got God's grace. Who said it was for you to use? God uses grace on you. It's not yours to use. But yet we've grown up thinking it was ours to use. So now we... We're, I'm back in debt again. Back in, I've been sinning again. But I go to church. Hallelujah, I've been saved. But, I'm, but, I, but you know, I got grace. Got my card. Well, God calls me. I need you to go to Israel, son. I got a, I got a, I got a job for you. I got something. Well, okay. Well, how am I going to do that? What does Satan say? At God, that would be a great idea of him to go help your Israelites. But uh, there's one little problem. He's in debt, and he owes me, so he ain't going nowhere. How many of y'all been stuck because you've had debt and you couldn't leave? See, that's what debt does. It makes you a slave to it. Why do you think God says, owe no one, have no debt, owe nothing, zero? See, see, if you owe zero, then you're equal standing with Peter if you owe zero. But if you have all this debt, the devil's, he says, nope. He ain't going nowhere. Because, and here's the reality of my life. I'm like, well, God, I really do want to go, but my goodness, I got a shop payment. I got to pay my car, and my wife needs that new closet we were talking about. So catch you next time. Can't do it. Do you see the trap? Come on, guys. Let's don't fall in that trap. Peter's warning us right now of that trap. The divine power lives in you. Let's quit thinking of levels and quit thinking of, oh, he's better than I am, or he's got more than me. Let's quit thinking like that. Let's all be all in. Let's all surrender to God the same way everyone surrenders, and then maybe you'll be like them. Maybe you'll be have a church and be a pastor. And tell them what God will do with your life when you surrender. God never would have told you in a million years I'd be up here talking in front of people. Never in a million years would I have said, I'm going to talk to people for God. Nah, this is something I didn't want to do. This is something he wanted to do in me, and it's not about me. So I say, yes, sir. Nevertheless, may thy will be done. Not my will, but thy will, nevertheless. 
Nevertheless, that scripture just sticks in my mind every day, nevertheless. Because I do question, yeah, but why? Like Jesus, is there another way? Why? Nevertheless, may thy will be done. You, Father, nevertheless. So we have to have this Christ mindset, this Christ mind. And if you have this Christ mind, you'll walk in power. You'll walk in power. And uh, my brother Jesse, come on up here, brother. He has got an amazing testimony on power of uh, Jesus. So I'm going to go ahead and hush because if I don't, I'll keep on all night. And I'm going to let Pastor Jesse talk about power and what God's done in his life. Because I've heard his testimony, and my goodness, brother, the grace is good, ain't it? (laughs) The grace is great, and it's sufficient. So just have your way. If you clap for Jesse, that was very good. Why don't we give a big clap to the one that deserves all the glory? All the honor. He's good. He's amazing. He's a supernatural God. And for him, nothing, absolutely nothing is impossible. And I'm a firm believer that for God, nothing, absolutely nothing is impossible. I'm going to talk tonight, and I don't know how many minutes I have. Nobody told me nothing. Uh, If I have five minutes, ten minutes. Uh, who give me five minutes? Raise up your hand. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, thirty, <laughs> thirty-five, forty, fifty. Fifty minutes I have. That's good, huh? I hear a lot of people talking about power. But I tell you one thing. It's a lot of talk. It's a lot of talk. I, I bet uh, how many I'm gonna talk tonight about people that's really hungry. You hungry? Yeah. I say, how many here am is hungry for the Lord? Yeah. They want more. You want more? Yeah. I'm gonna tell you one thing: there's no limits. It's like when you go to the buffet, nobody will stop you there. There's no limits. Tell you, brother, and stop putting limits to the Holy Spirit. Tell them. Neo, stop putting limits to the Holy Spirit. Pastor, stop putting limits to the Holy Spirit here in the church. I've been in service the day last three hours, and they just worshiping. Go to Africa, go to Brazil, go to Mexico, go to other countries. They don't have, what time is it? God's time. God's time. Time for the Holy Spirit. He brings the agenda. I'm not talking getting out of order. When the Holy Spirit is in a place, nobody wants to go home. Did you hear that? When the Holy Spirit is in a place, nobody, I say nobody wants to go home. When the Holy Spirit is in a place, when the Holy Spirit takes over a service, there's no, there's no limits. God can do anything today. God can do anything today. And there's many thousands of people. I'm thinking I'm preaching to 5,000 tonight. They, you hear that? There's no limits. Over there in your house, there's no limits. There's no limits. 
The Holy Spirit is going to get into your bedroom, to your, to, to your house right now. There's no limits. There's no limits. There's no limits. Amen. Amen. Pastor preached about, he took my message on Sunday. I was going to preach about the Holy Spirit. That's, that, that <laughs> that's my message. I don't have other message. I don't have other message. A lot of people teach us about marriage and teaching about all different things. But my, my heart, my desires is to speak of the Holy Spirit, the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. I, I, I believe in miracles. I believe in signs. I believe in wonders. I believe that God would tonight would use me to speak to you, to bring words of knowledge, words of prophecy. I don't know how the service will start, but I, I don't guarantee you how it's going to finish. I probably will spend the night here in this place tonight. Get excited. Get excited. And Acts, uh, he took my message on Sunday, the pastor, but it's okay, I forgive him. <laughs> okay, yeah. Acts uh, 1 8 say, You will receive power. Raise up your hand, says, It's me. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit come. You will witness in Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea, and the end of the, and the, end of the world. Yeah. I'm going to tell you one thing. Peter, before he was filled with the Holy Spirit, I bet you he was like Brenton, a fighter, mouth, bad mouth talking, just like Jesse. If somebody would come, come on, let's go outside, we'll fix it. Yeah. Right? Before I say anything else, how many know what, how I met my wife? Really? Yeah. You remember, huh? I was a drug dealer in California. In my way to hell. I was an orphan when I was 12 years old. I started drinking alcohol, drugs. And I ended up selling drugs in California. And I went to, uh, through hell. But uh, my friend had a, these two women. And he, they, uh, they say, I'm going to invite you to this house. There's two women there. One was a beautiful woman. It was like a Miss Universe, or more, more or less. And that was my wife. <laughs> and I, uh, I uh, came to the house, meet my wife. She was uh, in the process to get a divorce. So I'm going to tell you one thing. I met my wife. I was, the, I was her drug dealer. That's how, I, that's how I met my wife. And I take care of good my customers. So she stayed with me. Forty years married for the glory of God. 
For God, not this end is impossible. I say, for God, nothing is impossible. God is good all the time. And Jesse moved to Seattle, Washington. In 1989, my wife, she was giving me the papers of divorce. I was in trouble with the law. I was sick, almost dying. In 1989, my best friend became Christian in Los Angeles, California, and came to Seattle, Washington, and I accept Jesus as my personal savior. And I, and I, I my wife said, you're a hypocrite. You ne- nobody can change you. You're the devil. Nobody can change you. And I got an encounter with God. I remember b- becoming Christian and coming to the Lord, and three months later, I, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, what the evidence is speaking in tongues. I tried cocaine, I tried marijuana, I tried uh, alcohol, I tried everything. Nothing can beat the Holy Spirit. I say nothing can beat the Holy Spirit. I, I was never the same. Something came to me. It was a power that came to me that changed my life. Powerfully. And to this day, I have experienced the Holy Spirit do signs, miracles, wonders, people being delivered. I pray for people. We have hundreds of testimonies. We had a radio program. We have hundreds of testimonies. They call it the Hour of Your Miracle. My God, I tell you, people getting, getting out of wheelchairs, being healed from cancer, uh, restored marriages. That's what God does. That's the power I'm talking to you tonight. You don't... You have, to have a, you have to be a man in authority. And you got to tell the devil who is the boss. I, 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 I want to tell you tonight that God is amazing when he shows somebody that believes in God. If he has no fire in the pulpit, it won't be fire in the pews. It's a lot of messages, good messages. And a lot of come from Google, not from God. People, I'm sorry, Pastor, I'm not going to talk about you, but I've been a pastor for many years. And I was the president of Spanish Alianza for, I had 115 pastors that I knew with. And I know, I know, sometimes, sometimes uh, life and issues and stuff like that, as a man of God, we, you know, what it takes is spend time with God. Take time to be with God. So Peter, when he was, uh, he was before he was uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, he was a liar. He denied Jesus. I bet you he was, uh, he was a fighter, bad mouth. But Jesus said, way in Jerusalem, way there, when you receive power, something happened to Peter. I say something happened to Peter. Then asked Chapter 2, verse 38, he preaches a message, and 3,000 people become saved in one message. Now you have to preach 3,000 messages to, to reach one person. Imagine the people that knew Peter. Oh, my God, what happened to Peter? That's what people need to see in you. What kind of authority you have when you come to a place, when they see you live, when you come to a, to a room, they have to see something different in you. When Jesus walked, it was, it, was a, it was an authority. 
I got so many verses to share to you, but I'm honest, I'm not going to take too long. I'm just going to give you a little taste, and I'm going to let you go with more desire to hear more, okay? Well, I'm going I'm to go fast, okay? In Matthew 9.27, two blind men came to Jesus that will heal. In my, Matthew 32 uh, and 33, they bring a uh, demon possessed. He was free. In Matthew 12, 10, 13, he uh, healed somebody, lay hands. In Mark 1, 23, 26, praise God. The demon possessed was free. That's power. That's the meanings that Jesus used to have. See, God wants to fill his church with his power. Supernatural power. I in, in, in Acts chapter 3, the apostles used to come to the church and to pray. The Bible says they, they used to put a paralyzed man in the front of the door. He was begging for money. One day the, disciple, the disciples walked in the church and said, uh, you got a penny, you got a dollar. What did the disciples say? Uh, what did the, the, the apostles say? Look in my silver and gold I don't have. But the, what I have. If you don't have it, you don't have it. I'm, I'm sorry for you, my friend. If you don't have the anointing, you don't have nothing. I'd rather pray, preach under the anointing than talk too much. I don't have silver or gold. But what I have, I give to you. Get up and walk. Imagine, just imagine. Let me take you to that church right now. These paralyzed men walk in that church running. I'm sure, I mean, come on, run. I think you can run. Go ahead. Imagine the, the church, uh, I mean, there was a revival taking place right there. These paralyzed men, they were, they was there in the door all the time. He got up and started walking and, and running and praising God. And I was, I know I was crippled, but I walk. I'm, I'm, uh, something happened. Huh? That's power. That's power. And the Bible said that Jesus told greater things you do in my name. I'm going to, I'm going. You know. Peter was something else. He didn't give the three steps or, or, or uh, and this and that. Or he, he gave him a class of uh, theology and hermeneutics, hermeneutics, and all this stuff. No. Say, so come on, bring me all the people here, all the six. Put them in the sidewalk. Everybody. Everybody in the sidewalk. Just lay there. 
The Bible, the Bible says, not Jesse, the Bible says that he just walked in the shadow of Peter. Wow. Say wow. That blows my mind. That blows my mind. I don't have, I don't have, uh, I went to college, uh, don't get me wrong, uh, I, I, I have prepared. The only Hebrew I know, the only thing uh, is a pizza place over there in, in uh, Seattle uh, is a Greek pizza. That's the only Greek I know. I went to school, uh, when I was in Mexico, I went to school about three years. I've seen people, Indian people, they, they spend time with God, hours, hours, and hours. Yeah. And healings would take place in the services. I mean, amazing healings. People that come with wheelchairs to walk. I've seen that. That's the power I'm going to talk to you. That's the power. That's what the power the United States needs. That's the power the, the White House needs. The God will take over. The atmosphere changes. The Holy Spirit will come. Pastor Tom, what do you think will happen to the day of Pentecost? When everybody was waiting for the Holy Spirit. They will watch, they will look in the, what time is it? When the pastor's gonna stop talking. I'm hungry. I think we should start a service every night. Nobody say nothing. A healing service. When the signs and wonders and miracles, I say no limits. No limits. Yes, the enemy has fight hard. Arlene and I, he has whipped us like you don't have no idea. Because he knows the dangers. We are dangers. I say we are dangers. I say we are dangers. And the and the and the and the spiritual. We are dangers. And I want you know the wrong teaching brings bondage, but the right teaching brings freedom. Amen. I'm, I have a pastor, and I'm going to finish uh, uh, because I know I don't want to take too much time. I have a pastor in, in Seattle, Washington. His name is Jose Infante. He used to preach a lot about uh, religion, pens, uh, makeup, uh, and uh, uh, hair, long hair. You have to have a long hair. And top of that, you have, a, you have to have a long tongue. He preached a lot about that for years. Ministry from a minister from Assemblies of God. He he got to Seattle like twenty five years, twenty four years ago. I saw him when he came to the city. I used to have one of the largest churches, uh, Spanish churches, uh, uh, over there in Seattle. He came to the city. It was not it was not hardly no churches. I think it was like four churches. He came in, and he was preaching always every 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 Sunday. He preaches about the rapture, the rapture, the rapture, and we'll go in and everybody screaming and hey, you devil, you. Uh, 
God is going to punish you. God is going to, you know, kill you. And he, that was the message that he had. And the church go, I mean, from 20, 25, 30, don't go nowhere. But God began to do something with him. He began to spend time with the Lord. And spend, now he prays eight hours a day. Eight hours a day. And I talked to him. I said, how in the heck uh, you do this? I said, well, uh, you got to pay the price. You have to pay the price. You got to spend time with God. Jesus pray. Jesus fast. Why you, why you not? So anyway, the, right now he, uh, he, uh, he has a church uh, over 2,000 members. He has four churches. He has a radio station that he purchased eight, $8 million, and then he has another 14 uh, radio stations. That's the, that's the radio station we used to go every weekend uh, that reaches 6 million people. And we just uh, share and ministry. We got, our, our program was the Hour of Miracle. That's where I, so many people got touched and healed by the glory of God. So many. And we moved to, to, uh, to North Carolina, and the devil fight like a dog. I mean, got hair sick for two and a half years, and now he's trying to do something to me. I'm mad. I'm going to get the devil. I'm going to preach this message. I'm going to tell people that, yes, there's a God that's almighty, and he has, the, he has all authority, and we got all the authority through him. It's not about us. It's about him. And we want to open up, open up for him. I mean, nothing is impossible. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing is impossible. How many believe that? I say, how many believe that? Yeah. Father, we thank you and bless you and glorify your wonderful name. Take, take our hearts our minds, our desires. God, bring, bring your agenda in our lives. We're here tonight surrendering to you. I pray that everybody that came here sick be healed. I pray, Lord, the people that's in the house watching tonight, Pastor Tom will hear testimonies what you're, gonna, what you're doing in the houses, Lord. Father, I declare and decree that nothing is impossible for you. Bring your Holy Spirit. Touch us. Restore us. Let's spread this virus, the Holy Spirit virus, that take over our city, that take over our lives and our homes. Holy Spirit, we desire more from you, and we're hungry for you. Raise up your hands. Put your hands in the glory of God. Glory. Wow. Jesus. Somebody's going to experience like a burning fire coming through you right now. Somebody's getting healed of you right here. God is healing you right now. God is right now healing you from sleeping disorder. 
You're going to sleep like a baby tonight. So a lot of people with back, back pains. God, touch every back right now. Father, Father, tonight we come against cancer, leukemia. We come against uh, blindness. We come against every, any, any and every disease right now in Jesus' name. We take authority. We take authority right now. And I pray that the, the, the everybody this year will receive a fresh touch of your Holy Spirit. Just, just thank him for a little bit. Jesus, thank you. Thank you. There's a sweet anointing tonight. It's a sweet anointing. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's a sweet anointing. Brandon, God has some great things for you. He's, he has a plan for you. Listen to the Holy Spirit. He will direct you. He will tell you exactly. I have seen you preaching with a lot of young people. I mean, thousands. I have seen you in Zion Stadium. I have dreamed seeing you doing that. Yes, Lord, say, Lord, where, 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 where? God is going to use you, Brandon. What you give, some talents, uh, you'll be rapping, you'll be singing. And people will start getting up at wheelchairs. People will start saying, wow, what's going on? Being filled with the Holy Spirit. Hold your wife's hands. Hold, hold your, your wife's hand. Devil. This cup will be on fire. This, this cup will be on fire. Father, this cup will be on fire like never before. They have desire. Brandon, you, you've been touching God. You know, it's knocking, knocking in the door. Knocking and uh, knocking and knocking and knocking and knocking. It's like Jesus, what do you want? You've been knocking too long. What do you want? Are you serious? Are you serious? I want more. You, you, know, more. you know, you persecute now, you be, and then you become persecuted yeah. by the Holy Spirit. There won't be no rest. You wake up in the morning, the night, in the middle of the night, <laughs> at all times. You're willing to be uncomfortable? You're willing to pay the price? My God. Holy Spirit, just flow through them. Flow through them. Flow through them. Thank you, Jesus. Flow through everybody in this room tonight, Jesus. God. Every, thank you so much, Pastor Jesse. What an amazing testimony, man. This man right here, goodness. Woo! I'm telling you, I've never felt the presence of God like I have at Mr. Blake's chapel one night. Remember that night we were swimming? In the presence of God, I have, you Mr. Think, Blake was backstroking. Uh, wait a minute, wait a, wait a minute. You think Jesus would uh, put flyers in the corner and say, I'm going to have a service here? No. Do you remember it? With the anointing. <laughs> say the anointing. The anointing. The anointing will the bring anointing. the people. The anointing will bring, bring the people. Yes. You God. bring the presence at a place, wow, there's no, there's no telling. Thank you, Jesus. There's no telling. And uh, not only that, my wife, she's an anointing woman of God. Yes. As my anointing, you get her anointing, you're you in trouble. You are. You're in a good trouble. 
<laughs> good trouble. You ever heard of that? <laughs> it is very good. Thank you so much, Pastor. I feel not not stopping, but I have we're not going to stop. You know, I mean, I, we to be honest, we we might go a little over. So I just want to warn you right now because we got a little bit more. We're going to be respectful. So if anybody has to leave, you know, you got free will, so you are welcome to. But um, you, we just we just need the fire of God to fall in here. Who wants the fire of God tonight, man? We just we need God's fire. We need it. I'm telling y'all, we need this every single day, guys. This is not just a one impartation. We're supposed to be imparted daily. See, our cup overrunneth, and God fill us back up. See, I think a lot of us, we, we get filled up, and then we let it all out on somebody. We exhaust it on somebody, and we forget to ask for a fresh filling. Then we're drained, we're beat mentally, and we're tired, and we don't want to do it no more. But we have to ask. You have not because you ask not. God, fill our cups right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Fill our cups, God. Some of us have been worn down through this whole virus situation, through this whole pandemic. God, fill them up, Lord. Make them overfloweth right now with your spirit, God, in the name of Jesus. Fill us up, God. See, don't forget to ask for your portion every day. See, that's why this thing is daily. See, that's, just, that's something I think a lot of people don't understand. It's daily. See, the human way is, can I just get my certificate and play Monopoly and get out of jail when I, when I need to? Like, come on, that's the human way of thinking. We are totally dependent on the king. Totally dependent. That means every single day I am like a child and I need my father to nurture me. Every single day. There's not a day that I can miss. If I miss a day, I'm doing it in my own strength. And I run out. I run out real quick. See, a lot of people think you just think you're somebody. No, I think he is. And I spend time with him. And I'm going to hang out with him until the day I die. And then we're going to hang out with him after I die. We're going to be working with our Father for eternity. 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 Come on up here, Mr. Blake. See, God gave Mr. Blake a word, and I love it because he, was, he said, God... If I'm quoting you right, I think my time's running out, Lord. I'm getting old, and I just don't, you know, I, I just, I haven't accomplished what I think you wanted. And uh, there you go. And, uh, and what did God tell you about that when you were telling God how you're getting old and how you think you're running out of time? And tell him what he told you and give us the word you got for us well, today. I'd, I'd be talking all night about the time. But anyhow, <laughs> people are God's time clock. He doesn't do time like we do. So the anointing in, in what we're what God's doing even here in this church is the anointing it flows from one to another. That's what we're trying to practice here, guys. Because it I know causes, Mama Addie's got some words. Okay, <laughs> there'll be there'll be an explosion that nobody can put the fire out. See? Like like Pastor Jesse said. Now, uh, you know what? I'm, I like to share what I do to keep myself hot. Or on fire, and I'm an old guy. You know, I'm 75 in July, so that's pretty close. But you know how old I feel? About 50 most days. Really? I'm telling you, I can run with him. <laughs> All right. But well, you know what I do? I uh, there's a paradox. I preach to myself every morning because I'll get in there and start reading the Word and stuff, and I'll get up and walk and preach, and i say, you know what? Dang, that's a good sermon, you know? And it's worth repeating. So I make notes. I've got notebooks stacked up. So 
You guys should preach to yourself every morning. You don't have to wait for Tom or Jesse or me or Brenton. Hey. Um, and, and that's something that God wanted to make clear through this whole series of perfection and what God wants. When we speak of how God wants us to be, that's for you, for me. That's not for you to look at everybody else and worry about what they're doing. Because a lot of people, see, they hear the message and they think, well, you got to be perfect, brother. You're not doing this. And they miss them the whole time. This is not about anybody but you, personal you. You cannot worry about what everybody else is doing. You focus on what you're doing and let God control the rest of the stuff around you. It just We need that because so many people want to point the finger. You, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. You didn't do that the whole time. They're missing the problem within, and that's what we're exposing so what tonight. We're, what we're trying to do is learn how to do that in uh, a group setting of, of the, like we're all hearing the, the powers on us, and we even go so far as to reach out in the audience when we got time and everything. We're starting a little different tonight, but this is good. Now, I... You said something about people say, who do you think you are? Well, I have a lot of people ask me, who are you? You know? <laughs> and uh, that I get that in Israel. And, and I always tell them, I'm Neil Blake from North Carolina. I'm a spirit-filled Christian. And I pray in tongues a lot and pray in the spirit. And I have the Holy Spirit living in me. So I know who I am when somebody says, who do you think you are? I'm like, Brenton, I say it a little different. That's why I think we need team preaching. Because um, what I would say would be a little different than Jesse says or Brenton, but if the Holy Spirit's on us, guess what? He makes sure that the right people are listening right when I speak or, or Tom or Brenton, and it, it is like, it's like, I don't know, it's just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I say, so I shorten that. Somebody says, who, do you, who are you? Who do you think you are? I say, I'm a Holy Spirit man. I've introduced myself to doctors, um, senators, and pastors. And they said, some of them will laugh. They said, well, I said, well, man, I said, that's who we're supposed to be. All right. So, anyhow, I'm going to go back to where Jesse started. Acts 8, 1 8. And I'm going to look at that whole, um, I'm going to start at four right quick. And then I've got a lot of scriptures. Tom always, and he's, Tom's a great leader. Yes. Because all of us yes. like to talk about Jesus and we got stuff, we get excited. And, but he says, always back it up with scriptures. Yes. So if you're going to preach at home to yourself, <laughs> Don't waste the time. Get the scriptures to back it up before you start preaching to yes. yourself. That's yes. how I end up preaching to myself. I say, this is good stuff, you know. So, in Acts uh, 1, 4, I'm going to start there. And they were all being assembled together with them and being assembled. Now, so this is Jesus talking. This is before he left you know now he was he was in his glorified resurrected body when he said this too guys really i mean he could walk through walls of course he could do a lot of things before but he had his glorified resurrected body so and they were all gathered assembling together and he commanded them that they should not depart from jerusalem but wait now i've been on this thing i get words so you guys when you're reading and preaching to yourself 
Stop on a word if the Holy Spirit gets you. Wait, if you look it up, if you're a Christian, it means you should be anxiously, anxiously anticipating God's going to download stuff to you. If you start preaching and reading the word and studying and praying, you aren't just talking to the air. You're talking to the Father, and he's going to give you stuff. Mm-hmm. Just like Brenton said, we're all on the same level. So if you tune him in, he's talking, I promise you. If we think Brenton can talk, God can out-talk Brenton. <laughs> Woo, how about that? <laughs> He's called the Word. The word. He was the Word <laughs> he before the word. he even came to planet Earth. I could do a sermon on that one. I get excited on this stuff. All right. So wait means to, um, these guys, he told them to wait. Well, he, I found a scripture in another place, and it'll back it up, but I'll say it anyhow. It said he'd already told them all this was getting ready to happen maybe weeks, months before. So when, when, when he said wait, and you guess what? When he said all this, he was standing. He ascended into heaven, right in, out of their presence. So they, they were Jews. They knew about the Pentecost. They call it Shavuot. No, what is something happened? But help me. Shavuot. Yes. So, but it's when Moses gave the law. So, hey, this is when we got the power. <laughs> And they could have too, and a lot of Jews did. So they knew, he knew who he was. And they knew who he was. So when he said, wait, and this was 40 days from the time he resurrected, so they knew something was getting ready to happen. They had 10 days, and I believe he'd already told them. I believe he'd probably uh, tipped Peter off, really. Because they were anxiously waiting and expecting the promise. And if you're a Jew, you know the promise is the Holy Spirit. When I got to Israel, that's all they want to hear about. I didn't know Jews wanted to hear about Holy Spirit. And my God, Jews, Arabs, all of them. And you end up at Jesus every time, see, because the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit of Jesus. The Bible says to me, so you end up. That's a whole nother story. All right. It says, wait on the promise of who the Father. Well, see, a Jew, us, us Christians and Jews are the only people of any religion that call God Father. Mm. I bet y'all didn't know that. See, to every other religion, he's just some bad dude up there getting ready to kick you behind if you mess up. But fathers don't, unless you had a, maybe a too tough one, they didn't, they, you might have got discipline, you might have got a, all that, a little bit of it, but you didn't get killed. He wasn't that kind of a, he was a father. So, okay, so the father has a promise, and it's the Holy Spirit. And he said, and I can back up, here it is right here, it says, which I'm reading King James, so it's a little bit. He said, because they had already heard him talking about that. They had, in the previous, just like I said, they had already, he had already talked to them about what was going to happen, kind of, that the Holy Spirit was going to come. So he told them to wait. Okay? So if you go down, 
Let's jump down to, to verse 8. It said, but ye shall receive power. power. All right? Now, power will do a lot of things. Depends on whether you hook up to a nuclear reactor or a jet engine or stick your finger in an electric socket. Woo. Woo! There's a lot of power. So God has levels of release of power. But guess what? Y'all are the thing, the human beings are the ones that are supposed to be releasing heaven on earth. Just like the book says, just like Brenton said, pastor preaches. So we've got to start believing that we're his children. And the promise is for us. Now, I know I was raised in church way back that they said that was all for back then. Well, good Lord, I've been living this for a long, long time. So, and, and God's been working on all of us. Some of us, I like what Brenton said, some of us, because it's in the Scripture, it says the person that comes in in the last hour gets the same reward as the person been doing it all day or all their life. So it's not a level there. But the thing is, is what are you going to do with your will, your free will? That's what I talk about. Because I'm like Brent, and I'll go to his little story. He, he said when he gave God everything, he held, he gave 99 chips. just like a poker game. So he pushed, had 100 chips. Oh, Brenton had 100. So he pushed 99 in the pile. Well, guess what? See, I'm an older guy, so I'd say it a different way. I could surrender. Uh, I got saved when I was 12 years old. I'm not saying I live like I ought to have, but God's talked to me all my life, and I've been to church probably more than all y'all put together. I, we used to go to church, buddy. I mean, Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and if anybody else wanted to do something about God, we went, you know? So, but... You know what was missing? The Holy Spirit. Nobody, nobody showed you how to hook up with him or talk about him because I don't believe they believed it. So they didn't teach it. So we're way behind because you, hate to, you don't want to be mad at a preacher or preachers. They were doing what they were taught. So, but we have no excuse. You got Brenton preaching. You got Jesse. You got Pastor uh, Tom preaching and Katie, my gosh, <laughs> ask Katie yeah. if they ain't a Holy Spirit. Good gracious. No. <laughs> yeah. All right. So when you yes. receive power, after that, the Holy Spirit is, he said ghost, but has come upon you in the King James. Well, that power changes everything. So here I am with my chips. I'm going to tell you my little chip story because it's a little different. But... Mine was my free will, see, because I was raised in the business world and saying, you know, and we kind of separated because that's the way we were taught. You left your church stuff at church, and when you went to work, you went to work, you know. But now we lived it out, but, you know, we kind of didn't too, you know. So, because there was no Holy Spirit involved. There was no, we didn't have that life coach that I should have had when I was a 12 years old because my dad didn't have that life coach and my granddad didn't have it. But guess what I found out? My great-granddad had it. I don't know how it got lost, but, <laughs> I, you know, but 
Somewhere, somebody probably, when he died, they just decided not to preach Holy Spirit, you know, because they didn't have it. I don't know. But anyhow, so when the power of God comes upon you, it really, it says here, you shall be witnesses unto me. Well, a witness, any of y'all ever been selected for jury duty? Even that's a, a hair-raising thing. You got to swear. One day they don't use the Bible anymore. Sorry, most places. They do here, but uh, some part of our government's trying to get that taken out. You don't have to swear on the Bible. But anyhow, um, a credible, and then there's witnesses that are trial. Well, they'll discredit a witness, and then his, they won't even let him testify. And they'll, they'll interview witnesses. If, if, if Brenton was on trial for stealing a car or something, they'd interview witnesses, the different attorneys. See? Well, if you're not a credible, believable witness, the judge or some different ones can throw you out and say you can't. You know, you're prejudiced one way or other, or you know the man or something. So, in our case, it's all about knowing the man. See? And that man is Christ Jesus, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So, when we get empowered, then we have the power to be credible and believable, not just to preach, but to live it every day at work, with your family, that's where the rubber really meets the road. Mm -hmm. So I'll tell any of you out there, when you get saved, the enemy's going to try to get you unsaved as quick as he can. So find you a mentor. Even if they don't go to your church, find somebody you like that you can talk with that you know knows God. Just ask them if they know God. You, you'll thin them out real quick, <laughs> but find somebody that knows God. If you're out there and say, well... So, just take a little advice from an old man on that one. So, we all need mentors to kind of get us on the bus on the right path. All right. So, I'm going to hush here in a minute, but it's so amazing. All this is backed up. in Paul backs it up in Romans 8, 2. He said, um, well, let me read it because that would be better than me just... Got it right quick. I got it marked. It says, I like one, too, because a lot of the translations, like Britain says, they leave out part of it. So guess what? Eight, one, most of those grace, extra grace preachers leave out the whole part of one. See, they're trying to take some of the stuff out, guys. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Right, a lot of pastors in some of the Bibles have taken out the rest of that scripture. Guess what it says? It said, who walk not after the flesh, but walk after the Holy Spirit or with the Holy Spirit. Now, I wonder why they wanted to take that out. Well, only thing I can say, give them a little grace. The next, like I say, things that are worth saying are worth saying over and over again. Really, so we get it. I used to have an old preacher, y'all might know, Horace Hilton. And I, I, I told him I called him. I knew how he was such a good preacher because he always had a, preached on the Holy Spirit for 10 years. 
And nobody caught him but me, I don't believe. Maybe a few others. But every sermon was from a different perspective on the Holy Spirit. He said, you got me. You caught me. See? I said, well, how long are you going to preach on the Holy Spirit? He said, till y'all get it. Yeah. See? So there was wisdom, wasn't there? See? So God would give him a different sermon, but he'd always end up there. See? Isn't that amazing? And he was an orator, a... Looked like a statesman. I mean, he could do it, man. So he was, he was a, a mentor to me really in, in the 80s when I really needed it. So I'll brag on him. He's in heaven now. So let's go here. Therefore now there's no combination of them who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Holy or with the Holy Spirit of God. And I like to throw God, the Holy Spirit, in there because the Holy Spirit, we're... They wouldn't talk about him, so people forgot Holy Spirit was God. That was one of the first things mentioned in the Genesis. Holy Spirit hovered over all this chaos. Isn't that right, Pastor? See? So he's been there the whole time. See? All right. So it says here, you get on down here a little bit further, it says... For the law of life in the Spirit in Jesus Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now look at there. Paul's calling it a law, and this is New Testament. But here again, this is where your free will comes in. It's not a law that you got to keep. It's one for people that are hungry and want a relationship and fellowship with God. You choose to put yourself in or under Christ. See? So I can tell you how you can get out of drug dealing or doing illegal stuff. If you put yourself under the counsel of the Holy God, the Holy Spirit, you will walk out of there. And Brent, like Brenton said, you don't have to wait 20 years or 10 years. You can walk out tonight. Tonight. I know yeah. when Brenton, I know some of his testimony, when he decided to put in all the chips, he didn't do any of that anymore. And that's something. When he really made the decision three years ago. He played with it for 15 years or something. So my chip, I'll get back to my little chip. My chip was my free will. Because here I'm a good guy, business guy. And I, and I, and I had these, kept having this conversation where the Lord was like Horace Hilton or Horace Hilton was like God. He's always preached that to me about surrendering. And I could surrender. And then over here, like Brenton said, his thing was run the credit card, you know. Or the grace card. Well, I could, I could keep surrendering, see? But for me, my hundredth chip was my free will. I said, God, you know, when I really had that discussion with him, I said, that's the only thing I've got left. I've given you everything. You know, the money and stuff I've done, people, things I've done. And he was like, Brenton, he didn't say the same thing to Brenton, but he said, Neil, here's what he, how he got me. See, God talks to us when we need. He said, Neil, your free will, <clears throat> it could be anybody, but he knew it was me. He said, your free will is the only thing of any value to me. Hmm. That's what he said. I said, good gracious. He said, I can make more money. I, could, I can do anything. Like y'all said, he's unlimited. He can do anything. He said, Neil, in fact, I can create a whole other planet and take y'all off and put you over there just like that. Boom. And then he threw in with running water. 
And I said, gosh, what in the world? Are you trying to be funny? He said, well, check it out. I did a real quick check, and uh, NASA and all these guys say there's no planet has any life unless it has water. Look at there. So God knew what he was talking about. He said, I'll do a whole other planet with running water. See? But he got me in that, hey, if you'll give me my, if you just, you're going to have to give me your free will because it's the only thing I, you've got that I can really use. So, and it was a battle for a little bit, you know. I said, well, that's the only thing I got left. Can I keep that? Because I thought I was a good guy. I've talk, I talked to Brenton about this. He said, Neil, some of your good stuff I can't even use. I said, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> I said, okay. So my chip was Neil's free will. I said, I'm yours. Whatever you want me to do, I will do. And to this day, me and him got a deal. If he asked me to do it, I'll bust hell wide open if he asked me to. <laughs> so I'll pass the mic. Isn't it? Thank you so much. Hey, let's hear yeah. Thank you so hey. much, man. This man right here is uh, steadfast and just it, it's good to listen to your elders, folks, because he has cut so many years off my walk. Just by listening to him and, and, and say, I said, I'll ask him, I'll say, what did you do in this situation? That way I don't have to take 10 years to figure it out. So listen to your elders. I'm telling you, it's the best thing that you'll, it's the best thing. <clears throat> yeah, and the elders need to be humble and listen to the young ones as well. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And my lovely wife, she always gets stuck at the end. She is a servant. My goodness. She, she, I saved the best for last. She is amazing. If it wasn't for this woman right here, the Lord has just, my goodness, she has kept me straight on this walk and this journey. I truly understand what a helper is because when I get nearsighted and I start to miss it, she truly keeps me on that path and keeps me walking. And she, she continuously reminds me, it's not about you. It's not about what you think or what you feel. We continue. We do that to each other. So if you're in a relationship, that's a, that's, a, that's a good way to help each other is to remember it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about him. So go ahead, baby. I'll quit talking. We'll let her talk before we finish. I know we're over the time. I'm done. But Daniel, after she's done, will you play this song for us? You're on? Hello? Okay. Yeah. You want me to sit up here with you? Yes, okay. please. I told Turn him he's not allowed off. to leave my Turn frame. My I get nervous. I just want to say I love this church. Like, I, you as a pastor and your leadership over this church, it is God showed me this is a single-eyed church. When I first walked in this church and I sat on the row you guys are sitting in right now, I thought, oh, my God, <laughs> like, what is going on? Um, but as soon as we walked through the doors, I felt the Holy Spirit. Like, I just something was different in the atmosphere. It was a different atmosphere that I had never entered into. So when I sat down, I remember just this overwhelming feeling of what is this? Like, what is going on? And I remember myself tried to judge right away. And I was like, what are these people doing? Like, what is going on? So I'm sitting there battling with my mind, and the Lord was like, these people love Jesus. Do you believe that there's going to be dancing? There's going to be kids running around in heaven? And he spoke that to me because I was automatically just, I was like, I had never seen it before. I had never seen a church be this free and feel that feeling of the Holy Spirit. 
So once I felt that feeling and the Lord spoke to me and I was like, Lord, you're right. I was like, this is what heaven feels like. When you step into this church and the atmosphere is changed and our leader gets up here and he's been through it, you guys. Like the Lord has used you in my life. The way that you have standed so strong, the way that you keep Jesus first, like he has used you in my life and I appreciate you and we love you. Um, But I just want to say... The Lord has just been putting on my heart. You can tell from a person whether or not they're walking in the Spirit. And if they're walking in the Spirit, you can truly tell because it's all about God. It's not about me. It's not about what I've been through. I will share my testimony with some people, but it's not about me. I want to hear about you. I want to pray for you. I want to talk to you. I want to find out who you are. I want to just pray with you. So you can tell if somebody's walking in the Spirit by just talking to them. And this church, everybody loves Jesus. Everybody. I, when we first started coming here, people would just come up and just lay hands on us and pray. And I had never experienced that. So this church has kept me hungry. Everybody in this church, Mary Esther, you and your husband, Sarah, Tom, like everybody in this church, it keeps me hungry because I see the way that they're, Mama Addie, you too, you taught me how to be a lover because I was not a lover until this church. The Lord truly changed me. If you saw me at my other church, I would just sit in the chair, and then as soon as it was over, I would run to my car. I would not speak to one person. I was just so ready to go home. I, I never claimed to have the Holy Spirit um, back then, but when I came to this church and everybody was loving each other, everybody was dancing for Jesus, they were singing for Jesus, the atmosphere was different, I wanted it. So this church truly trained it trained me to be who I am. And once I got a taste of what it felt like to love on people and what it felt like to share the Holy Spirit and to have that presence to where people would say, there's something different about you. They will say there's something different about you by the way that you react. If it's not about you and it's about Jesus and it's about them and it's about finding out who they are and answering their prayers by praying to God with them, that is the person who's truly walking in the spirit. And the Lord had showed me when we got our house, we just went through a house remodel and um, it was crazy how it happened. We literally remodeled our entire house in like two months. And we had three different crews come in. There was three, which God likes to use numbers and threes. But the Lord was speaking to me, and he was like, you can look at each one of the companies that came into your house, and you can see where their passion is. If they're passionate about the job that they're doing, are they going to take an extra day just to paint the molding again so that it just looks perfect? Or if they're already moving on to the next job and worried about what's coming next, um, and then... I can't remember what the third one was. Maybe it'll come back to me. But the Lord was just showing me, you can see people's passion through their work. So are people seeing our passion for Christ by the way that we're living? Are people seeing our passion for Christ by the way that we love on people? I can tell you this church, they have it. They have it. And I just pray that we stay that way because we haven't been able to meet. So I know that it is a little bit discouraging to not be able to meet. But we've been going downtown and we've been loving on people. We've been loving on people that are running, people that are exercising, walking their dogs. We've been loving on them. And it has given me so much joy to see people. And they're weirded out about it. They see us down there and they're like, 
what are y'all doing? And we're like, we're just sharing Jesus. And they're like, okay. So it's weird for people to see that nowadays, but I, the Lord gave me another vision the other night, and he was like, these protesters, everything going on right now, these people are being heard. Whether it's good or whether it's bad, we all know what they're out there for. They are being heard. So the Lord was speaking to me, and he showed me a vision of Christians flooding the streets, praying for people, spreading peace, and how the Lord would be put on display on the television just like these protesters are. We would be broadcasted all over the world if, it, if we just start with ourselves. If we start going out and we start doing this and we're hungry and the people feel the presence in us, they're going to want that. They're going to start coming to God and they're going to they're gonna say, whenever he had it, I wanted it. I was jealous. I was like, why? Like, why you and not me? Like, but it was me. I had to surrender myself. My, I just could not wrap my head around giving myself to God. I was like, how do you do that? And it was just through a prayer. It was a heartfelt prayer where I truly meant it. And the Lord reads your heart. So when I did that, it just truly changed who I was. And um, so just back to it, like, Wherever you go, do the people feel Jesus in you? When you speak to them, do they feel Jesus in you? Are you scared of the virus? Are you scared of death? Are you scared of losing a child? I can tell you, I I would be terrified of losing a child, but I know where God's going to take my baby if anything ever happens. And he's already promised me I will protect your son. I will protect your son because he he had went through an accident. And it was whenever we were going to a convention, he had been in an accident that day, and the devil tried to take him out. And while we were at this conference, the Lord was like, I protected your baby. I protected your baby. Because I was like, we, we might have to leave. Like, we might have to go home. Like, he was in a horrible car accident. And it was just him. The van was parked on the side of the highway, and um, his babysitter was getting her kids off of the bus, and a truck didn't see the bus stopped, and he veered the car, and it hit directly the van that he was sitting in. So the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I will protect your baby. Can you see where he's going? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's <laughs> Anyways, so the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I will protect your baby. So we stayed at this conference. It was a three-day conference, and we go home a little bit early, and... Um, so we're going home, and I get to him because I had FaceTimed him, the doctors, the paramedics, and all this. And we get home, and I'm, I'm talking to Bentley, and I'm like, what happened? And he can tell you to this day. He was three years old when it happened, and he's five now. But he can tell you to this day everything that happened in that accident, every single thing that happened. And we were talking to him, and he said, Mommy, Jesus was sitting in my lap. Y'all don't even know. Like the Lord, I trust in the Lord and everything. I'm going to make sure that why I'm here every single day, if I'm going somewhere and God puts somebody in my path and they're opening up to me, I'm going to show them Jesus. I'm not going to show them Erica. I'm not. I'm going to show them Jesus and I'm going to pray with them and love on them and just want, I, I want them to see his presence. I want them to see what he can do. I, I, I want that for people. So I don't know why he put me on that tangent, but maybe somebody needed to hear it. Yeah. Um, but I, I just pray right now because the Lord showed me this church is a single eyed church, but I just pray that all of the people here in this, that we would, we would just 
feel God's love right now, that we would just feel his love right now, and that it would make us single-eyed, that we would become single-eyed, and that through these testimonies and through all of these words spoken tonight, I just pray that they they would just touch whoever they were for. They would touch whoever they were for right now, and they would resonate. And I pray that people would have questions, and that they would hunger, and that they would open their Bible, and they would spend time in their Word. I pray that God would become so powerful and so present in each one of our life that no matter where we go, people see Jesus walking. I pray that they see Jesus walking, that our words are Jesus, that we just stay hungry, and that we stay surrendered every single day. It's a daily surrender. And I I love you guys. I love everybody listening to this. I love everybody in this room. And just know I am praying for everybody in this room, no matter what you're going through. But I just ask that you guys would just stay hungry and that you guys would just stay connected. Like a Bluetooth speaker, my husband always says, you cannot get too far or you will lose connection. So I pray that you guys would stay hungry during a time like this and that when you talk to your family members, your work members, your neighbors, the person at the gas station, that it would simply be Jesus, just his his name.